a mistake you make is you don't you don't tend to thyself. You don't tend to your soul. This is the Church Growth Nation podcast. I think for me, the the biggest uh, growth as a man that I've had is within the last like six or seven years, I started to stop fighting the fact that I don't fit a mold. Yeah. And I found, you know, I would see this guy that I liked the way he looked. I tried to look like him and, and I was kind of insecure. And so I didn't embrace my weirdness and I just tried to be all things to all people. Yeah. And when I, I stopped, just, just I have a good marriage. And when my wife would, would just encourage me, just like, I like you the way you are. And I started kind of embracing like, okay, well, here's the deal. I know I'm weird. I know that I am not really nice. I'm not, <laughs> you all know, I'm not really nice. I'm not this friendly social guy. Yeah. I'm not this, <laughs> thank you very much. I, right I'm not a feely guy. I'm not all these things, but I'm trying, I was trying to pretend it when I just realized like, listen, I'm just gonna be full-fledged authentic, yeah. take it or leave it. And it surprised me, I had the opposite effect. I, I, I thought I was gonna have less people be attracted to me. More, I'm like, oh, they wanna work with me because I think people are attracted to just, I'm comfortable in my own skin. And I think that if pastors were like, because some of the greatest pastors that we think of, they're all very different in their personalities. They maybe have oh, models, but they've embraced it. They're not trying yeah, to be, yeah. they're they're being them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and everybody, it, it, that's what gets me. Is everybody starts hating on somebody and you don't really know them. Yeah. And you don't really, you're not, you're not in their context. You're not in their situation. But yet from afar, you're, you're 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 judging I, I did two interviews last year at our conference one was with carl lentz and then the next i said i want to do something completely opposite and then i did joel osteen yeah and it's amazing how both of them you know there's criticism on, and i'm like wait a minute so you know which ones do you like which ones do you not yeah. like which side of it and you just realize that uh uh everybody's got to be faithful to who they are mm-hmm. based on where they're at who they're trying to reach mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I think you're right. When the, the sooner you get comfortable in, in your own skin. I heard Joyce Meyer say this. It was phenomenal. She said that at 55, she finally woke up one day and realized that out of the 100% of the people who know her, that 10% of them don't like her today. And she had been living her life for that 10% and not thinking about the 90% who do like her. She said at 55, it switched. I started living for the 90% who do like me mm-hmm. and I do help and they, mm-hmm. and I, I just could not please the 10%. She said, the interesting thing is that 10% changes every day. And so does that 90%. So there are some that are in a 90%. You get it that flip, flip. a week later because of something you say or a book you write or something you wear. And she, when she said, start living for the 90%, it was like, God, that just frees you yeah. to try to, you know, get over yourself and et cetera. God, I wish I had 90%. <laughs> oh, you do. You do. Man. I was kidding. Okay. I get uh, a lot of pastors who do certain things, like they follow this rule or they have this many meetups or they do all the right things, right? Yeah, right. Some of these churches explode. Some of them don't. They stay stagnant. They They shrink even. What do you think is the reason for that? Man, it's just, yeah, you know, there's, I think you can do a checklist, okay, or, you know, 
Are, are, you, are you being, you always start with yourself. Am I being a good leader? Am I caring for people? Am I, am I spiritually in tune? Mm-hmm. You know, but then there's just some dynamics that you cannot figure out. Um, I got a good friend of mine, John Siebling, who is in Memphis. And for the first 10 years of his church, took him 10 years. And phenomenal. He grew from zero to a thousand. Took him 10 years. Well, he's got friends who differently. But then the next 10 years, he went from a thousand to five thousand. And I said, so what did you do different? He said, not much. I don't know. He said, you know, we stayed at it. We were faithful. You know, I think there are some answers that you can try to figure out. But a lot of it is just being faithful and just realizing that, uh, you know, God God will make it grow. And and there are some scoreboards that are more important than the attendance. It's hard to get over that. But there are some things that, you know, are you transforming your community? How's your family? Are you being a good friend? Are people coming to Christ maybe in other ways? So yeah. it's it's a tough one to call. Yeah. That's a hard question. What do you think? I think I have some churchy answers that I could rattle off or some church growth answers, but I just I don't think I think I'm biased because I worked the plan. The plan worked for us. So I think it, it works. It works everywhere because it worked for us. And everyone said, you know, ARC's kind of a South thing. And I don't know if it works in the West Coast. And and the the opposite is true for us and for a lot of guys. Yeah. We're seeing but I would also, I'd go back to faithfulness. I would say, I think God's not going to judge you on the size of your church or the, the size of, you know, how many Instagram followers. It's, it's, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. So my, my scope lately has been, all right, God, uh, teach me uh, what, what's good. What, what, what am I really trying to accomplish with my ministry? What are my motives? What's good yeah. in your eyes? What does it mean to be faithful with that? And so if I'm faithful with 100, will, will I be faithful with 500 or 1,000, et cetera? And then what, is, what does it mean to serve people? And I think, I think if you do those things, you keep your heart right, and then you, you're leaning in towards the, the, to the Dino Rizzo's of the world saying, hey, what do you think we should do here? And you have a, a couple guys that you can call. Mm-hmm. I just think you need to be in relationship with people that can encourage you in the dips, and then you keep leaning in and learning and growing, and I think good things will happen. Well, how would you answer that? Yeah. Your business for four years? Uh, five. It's. I mean, it's going fantastic. Yeah. So there's somebody else who started a business five years ago. How would you answer that? Because it's it's so many of the principles are the same. Yeah. You've been very successful here. Well, business-wise is very different because they're connecting with an entity, not me personally. Right. And so I'm very particular on our brand. What we put yeah, on. Yeah, but you've done well with your brand. Well, I've done well with our brand, but here's the difference: when it's a church. At the very beginning, like putting a fire, like you're you're getting at the very beginning, they feel connected to the pastor. Yeah, yeah. And the the difference that I don't think that we can account for on paper is the personalities. And I think at the very beginning, you could have thrown a come to my house barbecue dinner, and you would have had fifty people show up who all fifty of them felt like they were yeah. buddies of yours. Sure. And some people don't have that DNA. Yeah. They may be like, I followed the rules, but I'm at the beginning, you have to be in that kind of relationship. I've heard it said that you can only be like true friends with, I think they did like something around 60 people, like deep level friends. Other than that, you just know them. But then you have to be like, well, I'm going all in and I'm going to find my key 50, 60 people. Some people are like, I want to do it, but I want to sit in my office. I want to plan the message. I want to make sure we have a meetup. I want I want to do everything right. But they don't have a lot of people that feel like they're that approachable, that their personality is, you know, one like yours where you could be buddies with anybody. You could go to the coffee shop and you could have a friend in five minutes. Some people like me, 
I just try to put up an aura that says, please don't talk to me. <laughs> and you just walk in a place that says, come here, come here, give me a hug. Free hugs. Today. I, you know. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Yeah, I think it's true. I mean, you, what do they say? You bind to the man before you bind to the mission. Yeah. So in church, it's that way. Yeah. You know, and there's, uh, when you get, when you start getting to a certain level though, there are those transferable principles of good stewardship, of time management, of brand managing, yeah. mm-hmm. customer service. Yeah. Those things immediately translate over. Where Adam's at now with his church growing like that, year two, you start getting into three, four, five, mm-hmm. the expectations of people, they're wanting some of those things that are transferable in business as well as in church world. So there are, there are some transferable things. Yeah, When as we end this, here's what I wanna ask. I wanna ask about mistakes. Um, some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen happen when somebody's trying to grow their church or do an event or grow their leadership or hire somebody, a mistake that's a trend that keeps kind of coming around and I don't think people are getting it yet. What are you seeing? I'll, I'll, I'll beat this drum. Uh, one of the things I was coached early on with ARC was when you move into a city, every single person is a person that has either A, a relationship with God and a church and great, God bless you, stay there, or they don't. And that you got to connect with people, man. And if you're going to be healthy as a church plant, you got to be willing to go after everybody. And, and I've heard people say, don't be too desperate. And I get it. You got to come off cool and be like, hey, don't be weird. Like, hey, do you know Jesus Christ? But like, but you got to look at every single person like, I wonder if that guy's connected to a church. I wonder if she has a pastor that's praying for her. And I think what a lot of guys do is unintentionally, they create a bubble before they actually plant their church. They create a click, a create an in and out. And I think people are highly sensitive to that because we're so comparison centric. We automatically walk into places and go, do they, are they for me or against me? Am I in or out? Do I look like them or not? So you've got to create a very middle of the rope. I love Pastor Brian Houston. He says, Oi, we create a church at Hillsong that goes for M. We go for every, the middle of the road, mate. It's everybody. And uh, I had to do my, my, my Brian Houston. But yeah, so he does the middle of the road. Come on, like so. So we wanted. I think a lot of guys are trying to be Z or or Y, and I'm like, dude, you're not. Like, let's just love people and let's be a church that's for everybody. And eventually, you're gonna find the people that you click with, and you're gonna have your circle, and that's okay to insulate a little bit. But I think you need to be a church for everybody right out the gate. And I think if you do that, I think what happens is people come to your church and they want to connect. They want to they connect to you first, mm-hmm. but then you're connecting to other people. And I think a lot of pastors, they kind of, they, they think that it's going to be like when they were a youth pastor or when they were an associate pastor, and you're just starting from scratch. You got to build relationship. And if you are approachable and friendly and all those things, I think then your worship leader kind of follows you 100%. and then your head usher yeah. and then the people start to be like, oh, well, this is our culture. Yeah. And that kind of makes it happen. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, it's all good. All good. I mean, I think it is true. You get, uh, you know, you have the people. We tried to do this, son, you know, when you're trying to start. It's like, you know, we're going to do something that's never been done before. It's like, there's a reason why it's never been done. <laughs> it does not work. You know, and so, you know, you know, it's like, the, you know, I, I remember we had some people come in. They were going to start a church in, in Baton Rouge. These, these Baton Rouge people are Catholic, man. They're Catholic people, which, you know, plant workers. We eating boudin, cheering on LSU. It, it's football faith. And, 
and, and you know, for, it's Saturday night. I mean, it, they are a simple, incredible people. And he, I remember he came and met me. He said, yeah, we're, we're just going to have a church. It's going to be downtown. It's just going to be real, real missional, real, real contemplating. We're going to reach like, you know, you know, people that only wear suede on Thursdays and, and do handbells. It's just this, this eclectic group. And I was like, well, there are none of those. There are none of those here. There, you you will have no one on Thursday nights at 941 because that's a scripture. You know, <laughs> no, no. Th- this is way too hard. Yeah. You know, be friendly. Yeah. Just <laughs> middle of the road, you know. And so it, it does make it that. But I would probably say, and I'll just take a second on this, you know, um, and this goes deep and serious, but a mistake you make is you don't, you don't tend to thyself. You don't tend to your soul. Mm-hmm. You have to tend to thyself. And it would be in, in the role that I'm in now where a pastor for 20 years and now I spend majority of my time with pastors mm-hmm. and I spend a, major, a lot of my time with pastors in pain or their wife's in pain or their kids are in pain mm-hmm. or, you know, it, it, you're just helping guys that have hit the wall and they are emotionally a wreck. Um, not to be a bummer, but you just talk. I, I spend a lot of time having those chats mm-hmm. and, and, and so much of it goes back to, you're not tending to your own garden. You're not tending to your own soul. Because mm. if you have nothing to give, then noth- out of nothing comes nothing. And so the first person to lead is thyself. Mm. So I think there were times when I pastored those years that uh, I led on fumes, led on empty. And all of my prayer and all of my time with God was for presentation to lead, to create, to decide, to speak. And uh, about seven years ago, I I made a change uh, because I I, I hit the wall. And I decided I'm going to live from a place of devotion. And my duty and my to-dos will come from a place of devotion. And uh, and I think that's something that we, we, I encourage a lot of guys to make sure don't forget your soul Mm -hmm. in all the other thousand things you need to do. I think it's a huge mistake. Yeah. There's, 5,000 people that will watch this that are thinking about planting a church. Yeah. What should they do if they want to get involved with ARC? (laughs) (laughs) I hear ARC. So you go on our website. We'd love to help you. We're not for everybody, but uh, man, I feel like we're, I think there's some other great church planting organizations. We love them. We work with them. We celebrate them. We're a big, yay, everybody's, let's, let's. Let's all do great. Yeah. But I feel like we, ha- we I think we're, gr- I think we're good at it. Yeah. I think we got coaches like Adam, Pastor Adam and others that uh, we're going to get you close with people that are, that have gone through the pathway. Yeah. We're going to onboard you well, yeah. and we're going to do all we can to get you to a great first yeah. uh, weekend yeah. and then beyond too by relationships. And then we, I think our financial model is unique. You know, we've been blessed with, with a, a lot of resources. We have plenty of money. And a lot of people are like, well, we don't want to take any money in the beginning. That's when you need it. You need all the resources you can when you start. You know, I tell guys planting a church, take everything you can. We'll figure out the rest later. So our financial model, I think that God gave Billy Hornsby and Greg and Chris and Rick and all these guys, I think it's unique. Mm -hmm. So we would love to work with anybody who's planting a church at ourchurches.com. If you guys want to reach out to Adam for coaching or for advice, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, I'd say just uh, go onto our website, myactivechurch.org, and shoot us an email, info at myactivechurch, and we'll get back to you. But I think, I mean, again, one of the best resources you can do is find a, a guy in your city, find someone that you can do life with, be honest. What Pastor Gino said is, you know, you're only, you're only as, you know, if you can be honest about where you're struggling, 
have a couple people that know everything, you're gonna have a healthy church. You're gonna have a healthy wife, a healthy family, and a healthy church. And so, but yeah, love to help you out any way I can. The whole purpose of this is we have a Facebook group, Church Growth Nation group, which is supposed to be a place where we can talk, help each other out, post articles, you know, talk about when you're discouraged, have somebody call you. So if you're not a member of it, go join the Church Growth Nation Facebook group, get in a relationship. My boy Adam here likes to say, rows are good. Circles are better. Cheesy. I don't think he came up with it, Andy, but it. Hashtag Andy Stanley. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dino. Good to see you. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Ross. Yeah. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs>